Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. As usual, I'm erratic in my release of podcasts, but doing the best I can. Um, as always, plan to get back on a more consistent basis, but we'll see. No promises. Uh, one of the reasons I've said in the previous podcasts is I've kind of gotten back into listening to them again. So I've been listening to a lot of the Joe Rogan stuff. It's such a large catalog you can roll back through and always find something to listen to when you're driving. Uh, so that's been pretty good. Uh, but still going to try to get more at it. We just came off of a crazy month of October. So we had the two USPSA national championships at our place. Uh, the race gun, they called it, which was open and limited. And before that was factory gun, which was carry optics and production. And then right after that, we had uh, the following weekend, we had the monster match, which was considerably smaller this year, but we did it anyway. Uh, so most of October was dedicated to that uh, in terms of building stages and, and setups. We had uh, 22 stages, courses of fire, and 18 stops, as we call them, or 18 bays. So there was four double bays, which is, as I always say, never a good idea. But um, it's nice to have additional stages, and you can throw in some short short courses and medium courses or, or lower lower round count medium courses, which I like uh, without dedicating a whole stop for 12 rounds or six rounds or eight rounds or whatever. Uh, so as long as it's managed right and we're getting always better about it, uh, it's really not, not that much of a slowdown. We even had accidentally uh, double bay backed up to a double bay in this match, which is my fault. I didn't think about it until it was too late. I definitely wouldn't have done that, but uh, it worked fine. Uh, so USPSA has been coming down here quite a bit over the last number of years. I uh, work really well with those guys. I'm, I like Mike and Jake and Troy and the gang. And uh, we really work well together and uh, know nothing different about that. In this match, uh, I think by the book, the match directors were listed as Jake and I, but um, you know, the three of us as well as the rest of their team that they bring, their headquarters crew as I call them, uh, always, always work well together. Jake did a the uh, majority of the of the back end work, which is nice because that's the part that I hate in terms of dealing with registration and squatting and uh, payment. And I also did the stage design and did and uh, did up the matchbook. So that took a, a lot of uh, time away, or it takes a lot of time to do that. So it was a huge help for, to to have him taking care of those tasks and really allowing me to. To work on the stuff on the ground so once we got the stages and figured out the best placements for them uh, i got to work down here i like to i like to get the bulk of the heavy lifting out of the way before the hq crew comes in town i, I joke it's because i don't want them messing up my stages but uh it's really just you know jim lewis our range manager here uh, he and i work well together and then we have a handful of close local friends they usually come up a day here, a day there, and, and pitch in when they can. And 
Um, it's just, you know, we know every, where everything is and how it puts together and we like it done how we like it done because we're the ones that got to take it down. And uh, it's nice to get, you know, at least get the, the bulk of the stuff done in place, roughed in, as I call it, uh, before the H crew, HQ crew gets here. And then there was a couple of classifiers. Uh, some they've already shot at previous matches that are going to be new potential classifiers. Then there was a couple, at least one, uh, new potential classifier and then a couple little speed shoots uh, so i left those for uspsa because they had all the measurements from the previous matches and uh, measurements from from the new ones that they wanted to try out uh, so they set those up for me and uh, everything everything went perfect uh, matches kicked off ran like clockwork we were actually or i was anyway nervous prior to because we seemed like everything uh, was going so smooth just kind of waiting for something to go wrong and uh, really didn't. So two days of staff match, shooting uh, nine stops per day, and then three days in the main match, uh, shooting six stops per day on a split schedule. And scheduling worked well. Uh, we did the awards and the uh, prize table at the range because even though we're a pretty rural county and uh, you don't see a lot of mask stuff here, like uh, the restaurant, I mean, not the restaurants, but the grocery stores like Publix or, um, and then the big box stores like Home Depot and stuff, they require it. But other than that, it's not as prevalent around here as it is in other places. But because the, were, the county assists us in the awards and the banquet and that type of thing, uh, it would be done in a county conference center, uh, and, and they do require that. So. USPSA wasn't big on that, so they decided to do it at the range, which is awesome. Um, and I think, like, I know people bust on Universal for their location, but you can't exactly build a 40-acre range in downtown Tampa, so you, know, you kind of got to be out there a little bit. And um, the county does a great job when they do the indoor banquets, as we've done in the past. It's super nice. But it is a little difficult for people, especially if you're staying somewhere else, if you're staying in Orlando or Kissimmee or Sebring or one of these surrounding cities uh, to have to get get back off the range after finishing shooting at five or six and try to get to the hotel and change or shower or whatever and then still get an hour or hour and a half away up for the for the banquet so i know having at the range is not as uh, posh as it might be in other places but i think we did a good job with it casual uh, county still came down brother caters for really good dinner and uh, it's quicker and gets people out of there and on the road home faster, which these days everybody seems to like. Uh, so that all went that all went well, which is my primary job of producing the match. So I was super pleased with that. Um, secondary portion of the podcast is the shooting of these matches, uh, which did not go so well. So I shot carry optics in the first match and open in the second, and uh, I hadn't put any time into into carry optics what what time i did get to practice i was focusing on open and i mean i'm i'm going to start off making excuses by saying i'm not going to make excuses but uh, i really haven't put the time in this year uh, once they pushed back the world shoot which was supposed to be right about now i kind of changed my my training schedule for the year uh, you know where i would have been banging on the open gun pretty hard from about probably july or june um I just kind of changed. Like I felt no real need to to jam that hard at it if it was going to be a whole another year away. 
I saw I shot some other stuff. Shot, shot some three guns, some multi gun, and uh, I did shoot a little bit of carry optics. I shot a two gun thing that they had, and whatever. Uh, but for this particular match, obviously I was working building stages for a month or two weeks. But um, the whatever shooting I did do, I, I, I worked on open. So carry optics was really just for fun and you know, see how I stack up. So I shot the staff match with carry optics. And um, because of the limited time between the matches, so there was no day off, there was no break in between. We had the two days of staff match for the factory gun and then the three days of the main match. And then the very next day was day one staff staff of the next nationals. So uh, the changeover between the stages was uh, minimal and the changes that were, were simple because we didn't have any time to do it. You know, we had to do it the evening after the first match and then we had a couple hours that morning. We did like a delayed start, I think a 9.30 start or something. So we had a couple hours to come in, hang targets and do our final verifications and whatnot. Um, so being that the changes were minimal, they're definitely an advantage, I think, in shooting the first match, uh, getting on the stages. You know, after it's all said and done, there was maybe three or four stages that I shot differently in the second match. And some of those are because they just flat out moved a start position to the other side of the stage or moved it downrange or something to where you didn't have a choice. Um, but even with the changing in start positions, most of them were, were similar enough that you shot them kind of sort of the same way. So, you know, that's the other reason I wanted to shoot the first match was to, to get a feel for the stages. Um, so I shot with staff in the carry optics match, uh, shot with friends, had a great time, and uh, actually shot, I actually thought I shot pretty well. Uh, I made one colossal mistake, you know, I say luckily, but it was, it was on a short stage, but it still probably cost me eight or 10 places in the overall, just because I, you couldn't bomb the stage any worse than I bombed it. Uh, you saw, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw it, but it's a quick little speed shoot with a disappearing target in the middle and unloaded start. And I short stroked the gun on the load. And uh, I knew I short stroked it, but you're just hoping against hope at that point that it was enough to get the round in the chamber. And so I went and aimed and got the, the click, as they say, the only the only thing louder than a bang when you expected a click is a click when you expected a bang. Uh, so I had to, you know, frantically try to load again, short stroked it again a little bit, and then in my rush to make it up, I had a mic no shoot. So, you know, just went from worse to worse, worser. Um, so again, only a 40 point stage, but I ended up getting, you know, two points of those, of those 40. Uh, outside of that though, uh, I really felt like I shot pretty good. I think I only had one other miss, maybe two. Uh, pretty good points, not a lot of deltas, so I was happy until I saw the super squads come in and and start shooting on the first day of the main match, and holy shit, was I off the pace! Uh, so again, it's not—I think that's partially not knowing carry optics that well, and um, not having a ton of time on that gun. Although I shoot a ton of Glocks, and I run a Glock with uh, the SRO. Um, but I, was, I think I was just respecting the minor scoring too much. And uh, if that was the way to shoot carry optics when it started, it ain't the way now because they were hammering at it like it's an open gun. So I learned a lot there. I was probably a second and a half off per stage or something. Um, and I certainly have the ability to shoot faster. I just didn't. And 
now I know you have to. So I'll be excited to try that again, uh, pick up the pace a little bit and see how the points uh, reflect that. Now, one interesting thing on this, on stage two, which will come into play when we talk about the next match, on stage two, which was a pretty long range, kind of turned into a memory stage, although that wasn't the intent when we built it, but that's pretty much the way it stacked up. But all open targets and a pretty good distance. I think they were like between 22 and, or between 20 and 27 yards away, something like that. Uh, it was like three positions, I believe, for that match. And uh, we shot that in the morning. The other glorious thing people like to bitch about at our range was shooting into the sun. So we were shooting into the sun. And uh, so the first position, and I turned to index on these targets, and like the dot looked weird. So I run the, the SRO from Trijicon, which I love so far. Uh, but the dot looked weird. And then I noticed that my, my grip angle was off a little bit. And I adjusted my grip, and then I realized that there was a some type of a starburst or something from the sun, and it was producing another dot. And it wasn't a clean dot, like a little line-looking thing, but I was shooting it, and I was coming off of a transition, and it just I just caught it wrong, and uh, it's never really happened before. But then I started thinking, shit, how many targets have I shot with this dot? And is this dot good enough, or is that way off? And like all the things you can think about in two-tenths of a second. Uh, so I, I re-engaged one target uh, that I had shot and then just carried on the rest of the stage. And uh, I had three hits on that target, so I did. I would have had a miss there, so that dot was enough to throw it off a bit. And no big deal. I mean, again, this whole whole thing went down in, in two-tenths of a second, but uh, plus the time to make up the, the two shots. Uh, but it was just interesting, something that I hadn't... I mean, I've had, you know... I've had starbursts and things like that, but never happened where, where I legit thought I was shooting a dot and it was the wrong one. First time that's happened. Uh, so I finished 19th in carry optics, which is not good, but uh, that one that one FUBAR cost me a lot of that. And then, so I think I'm definitely, you know, would have been capable of, of top 10. And now that I know better, I'll be excited to try it again next year and, and um, see if I can change up the style of shooting a little bit and see how that shakes down. Uh, so that was that. Uh, congratulations to Max won again. I don't think he's lost uh, carry optics nationals yet. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then production, uh, Jacob Hetherington won that from the AMU. So that was that was cool as well. And the next match was the uh, open and limited, or what they call the the race gun nationals. Uh, so I was kind of jazzed for that. I shot with a shot with a super squad there in the main match. Uh, we started off in the afternoon on stage one. Uh, stage one went okay. I was nine tenths off the pace or something, which is fine for the first stage. Uh, but then we come to stage two, damn nemesis. So the same one I was talking about with the carry optics. And I had so again wide open targets, no no partials. I had three misses on this stage, and it wasn't overly quick. I mean, I was in the ballpark, you know, off off by a little bit, which is normal for me. And. Uh, no clue what happened, you know, and they were USPSA targets too, so it's the size of a damn barn. I mean, I would, initially, once I got down and saw that, initially I was sure uh, scope mount broke or scope mount cracked or scope broke or something. And it's just, man, that, that's, things like that are my specialty, you know, more, more heavy accuracy style stuff as opposed, as opposed to the, as opposed to the hoser style. 
and uh, no clue, man, to this day, no clue what happened. Uh, I've been wanting to go out there and shoot that damn stage again. It's still still up, but uh, I ran off to the test fire area, checked everything, scope was good, mount was good, zero was good. No excuse, it had to have been me. Um, and it was, so the, the thing I didn't think about till a couple of days later is it was that same turn to the same group of targets where I had that issue with the, with the SRO. Now this wasn't in the morning, we had an afternoon start. So I really don't think that was it. And I've never experienced that with the, um, I still run the old, old school Seymour's old style. And I've never really experienced that with those. But then again, I never really experienced it with the SRO either. So, whew, man, I don't know. I don't know if that was it or if I just spaced out and went bonkers for a, for a minute. Um, that was the last three targets from the first position, one miss on each, and uh, zero explanation. I mean, nothing looked bad in the uh, watching the dot. No clue. But anyway, that just kind of derailed me that day, and I didn't recover very well. Uh, shot kind of poorly the rest of the day, and then the last two days were fine, but I just dug myself into a 150-point hole uh, on, the, on the first day and uh, couldn't get out of it. Uh, I got really tight after that, uh, at, least for, at least for the remainder of that day. Uh, had another two misses, I think. Uh, standards I didn't do well, which I was crushing that in practice. Um, is what it is, live and learn, move on. So last two days were good. It was fun watching uh, watching what battle there was between Christian and JJ and some of the top guys. Uh, JJ had a couple issues. Uh, Christian got out the first day and just kind of, I won't say cruise because he kept the hammer down, but you know, he, he he's, he's a, a smart competitor. He knew where he was, you know, knew what was needed and didn't really, well, not really, it did just flat, didn't crack under pressure. He, he had a couple stumbles down the, down the final stretch there, but again, he knew he was within, uh, within margin and, and didn't, have to, didn't have to go too crazy. Uh, so that was cool, that was cool to watch. Uh, so next year they're off to Alabama and I uh, look forward to going up there and shooting and not building the whole damn match for two weeks prior to see, see what I can do up there. Uh, so I'll try to get back to you on the more frugal on the podcast. We got the election coming up, and everybody loves to talk about that. And uh, I still want to talk about the Corona stuff, uh, pre pre pandemic stuff, the, the preps, and some more self defense related topics. And uh, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, and let me know what you want to hear about. I'd love to uh, love to cover topics you guys want to talk about. And uh, I will see you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass.